You are listening to the Tom Eliff Podcast. Tom Eliff pastored for 42 years and was also the president of the International Mission Board and the Southern Baptist Convention. He is the founder of Living Word Publications. Now, here is Tom Eliff. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have beset me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your right hand lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be as light about me. Yes, the darkness hides not from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you, for you have possessed my range. You have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. My substance was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in your book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Surely you will slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloody men, for they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O God, that hate you, and am not I greed with those that rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's bow before the Lord in prayer. Ushers, if you'll come and help us, and let's prepare our hearts to give this evening. Would you do that? Would you just determine in your heart that tonight God will find you faithful in your giving, and we're going to praise the Lord. He indeed is the God who sees. He is looking right down in your heart. He knows, for instance, when we bow before him in prayer, whether you're really praying. He knows whether in your heart there is a spirit to give. He knows whether you care about being here and whether you have come to worship him or to look around and examine others. He knows, for he is the God who sees. And my prayer is that the God who sees would see you and me worshiping him and praising him as we worship together in this service this evening. Now let's bow before the Lord, remembering that he is looking right down in your heart. Father in heaven, it causes us to tremble in awe, your amazing presence, the fact that you see us, you see everything about us. It's not anything hidden from you. You know our motives. You know why we are here. You know what we care about. You know the preoccupation of our thoughts, Lord. It could be that there are those who are here literally almost blasphemously because they've come pretending to praise you when in essence their heart is simply not in it, just looking around, just not caring at all. Others, Lord, have come with deep burdens and are offering those burdens unto you and saying, Dear Lord, meet me at the point of my need. And we know that you inhabit the praises of your people. And so we've come tonight 
to praise you, O God. You are the God who sees. Now, O God, speak to our hearts. Bless this offering as we give it. And Father, we've come just to praise you. We want to praise you, for you are the God who sees. Would you be... I tell you what. You know, uh, I remember watching a bunch of little old kids, little dirty little old kids, get on a bus. And I asked the, uh, there's a church bus, and they were going to church, and I asked the bus driver, why do you think every week, you know these kids, they could be doing anything in the world, why do you think they get on this bus every week and come to church? And the bus driver shot back to me this statement. He said, I tell every kid that gets on this bus that Jesus loves them and I love them. And the truth of the matter is, for most of them, this is probably the only time in the week when they mean something to anybody. We all need to count, don't we? Anybody here feel like they don't count? Anybody here didn't have somebody tell them that they loved them? You count, dear friend. I mean, you really mean something to the Lord Jesus and you mean something to the body of Christ. I mean, you're a vital part of the body of Christ. Well, we're here to praise God as El Roi, the God who sees. Now, Elohim is a name which speaks about the personality of God. He is, has, and is doing all we need. El Elyon, that second flag up there that you see, the Most High God, speaks about the position of God. He is supreme. He is sovereign. And when we come to El Roi, as we did last Sunday morning and Sunday evening, we are thinking together about the perception of God. What it is, God sees. And we went over there to that 16th chapter of Genesis where we read about El Roi, the God who sees. In fact, Hagar, that Egyptian handmaid of Abram's, named a well so that she could remember that in her affliction, God saw her. And that name, El Roi, is the way God has of saying, listen, I want you to understand the eternal scope of my vision, but I want you to know about the earthly sensitivity of my vision. I'm paying attention to you, not just the whole universe. And more than that, I want you to receive some encouraging strength from the fact that I'm looking at you. It'll help you in your walk. It'll help you in your worship. It will help you in your work. And as I said, Sunday morning, it'll help you in your weight. And then Sunday evening, we ask Hagar to stand here and give a testimony, really, of what she discovered about El Roi. Now, Dolores got all over me because she thought I was going to tell her name as being the one that was always called her worst, but I wouldn't do that. And so... Um, you know, as I said, we're often caught by God at our worst. And we notice that Hagar said, you know, I've discovered that when, I am, uh, when I'm dismayed, God sees me and still loves me. I've discovered that when I'm disobedient, God sees me and although he hates the sin, he still loves me. I've discovered that when I am distressed, God sees me and he still loves me. And finally, I've discovered that when I'm discouraged, God sees me, and he still loves me. El Roi, the God who sees me. 
and you. And he's looking at you right now. He's looking at you right now. You know, we're going to come to church Easter Sunday morning, and a lot of people are going to be wondering what other people are thinking when, when they see them, when they look at them. I tell you, the big question in your mind ought to be, what does God think when he looks at me? You ought to stand in front of the Word of God as much as you stand in front of a mirror instead of primping in front of a mirror, although that doesn't hurt. Now, go ahead. It'll save some of us a lot of, you know, I mean, uh, beauty is skin deep, but ugly goes right to the bone. So whatever you can do to... Uh, whatever you can do. Somebody said that uh, beauty fades, but ugly hangs in there. So uh, Easter Sunday morning, whatever you can do, you know, that's wonderful. But as much time as you spend before the mirror, you ought to spend a lot more time in God's Word seeing what God sees when God sees you. Well, with your Bible open to the 139th Psalm, let's praise God together because He sees us. He sees us. Now, what is praiseworthy about El Roi? What is praiseworthy about the fact that God sees? The eternal sweep of his vision is inclusive, but it's intensive. That is, it includes everything, but everything gets equal attention from God. I mean, uh, there's, there's not anybody here who is, who is blocked from the view of God, all right? So God's looking at you right now. Does he see your heart? happy to be in his house, worshiping him, satisfied that he's meeting every need as he see you out there all sold up like a big old fat toad saying, man, I tell you what, I don't know why I'm here. I don't want to be here. I don't like what's going on. Well, God sees. You may hide that from the people around you. You may not. You know, some people don't do that. They don't hide that from people around them. They had not got any good sense, you know. But uh, God sees. He sees your heart. He's looking right in your heart. Now, I just want to speak about two things this evening. First of all, the causes for our praise. Why should we praise? And secondly, the content of our prayer. What should we say? What should we say when we're praising God? And this 139th Psalm has got to be one of the most exciting psalms in all of the Bible. I mean, in the entire book of the Psalms, this to me is one of the most exciting. We, we could spend a year in this psalm and never plumb the depths of it. I've preached out of this psalm over and over and over again because we are indeed fearfully and wonderfully made. But let me give you five, five things that should cause you to praise God when you know that he is looking at you, when you know that he is looking at you, okay? And the psalmist David gives them to us just as clearly as anything can be made in this passage of Scripture. First of all, David says we ought to praise God because his vision is permanent. Write down the word permanent. His vision is permanent. Now, that means there's never a time when God's not looking. Now, I know that one of the big issues, you know, in our life is that, uh, you know, uh, we... It, it's okay to do wrong as long as the right people are not looking. You know, if you don't get caught. I was talking to a friend yesterday. He said, boy, the strangest thing. He said, I was on my way to the airport. He said, I was hurrying as fast as I could go. I looked up my rearview mirror. He said, the lights in the, on the police car behind me almost blinded me. He said, man, my heart just leaped up into my throat. I pulled the car over. He said, I didn't think I was very nervous. That policeman sauntered over to my car and leaned up against it and said, son, he said, are you familiar with our speed limit laws here in Georgia? And uh, 
Now, this fellow who was racing the airport said, yes, sir. He said, I, I sure am. He said, I, I know the speed limit laws here in uh, Georgia. He said, doesn't bother you, these speed limit laws, does it? He said, no, sir, it doesn't bother Doesn't make you nervous or anything. No, sir, it doesn't make me nervous or anything. He said, I do see that you're familiar with our safety belt laws. He said, yes, sir, I sure am. And then the policeman said, that's rather unusual. You're the only guy I've ever seen who can drive with a safety belt through the steering wheel. You know, it's okay. A lot of people think it's okay as long as you can get by with it, you know. But God's vision is permanent. There's never a time, he says, praise God, there's never a time when you're out of sight. There's never a time when he takes his eyes off you. The 121st Psalm says, he watching over Israel never slumbers nor sleeps. Now, you maybe think you're going through some things right now which uh, indicate to you that God's quit watching over you, but he is looking at you with a permanent gaze. I mean, intently. He's looking at you forever. Notice what it says. You've searched me. You've known me. You know my down-sitting, my uprising. You understand my thoughts from a distance. You encompass my path, my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. There's not even a word in my tongue. You know, before you said anything you said this week, before it came rolling off of your tongue, God knew it, every bit of it, before it came out. You've beset me behind and before. You've laid your hand on me. In fact, he says, I can't even fathom this. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I can't even attain it. Your vision is permanent. You ought to praise God because his vision is permanent. He never takes his eyes off of you. If you've ever been out of pool with your kids and tried to take a nap, you discover it's ridiculous. I mean, look, Daddy, watch this, Daddy. And about, Yeah, oh, that's, that's great. No, I'm diving this time, Daddy. Okay, great. I'm jumping this time. All right, I see you. Daddy, look, you're not watching me right now. I see you over there. Yeah, I see you. Look, Daddy, look. Let, you know, and the, the children are just so afraid that there's, they're going to do something amazing and you are not going to see it. Well, I want to tell you something. God has seen everything you've ever done, good or bad. He's seen it. And he's going to see everything you do, good or bad, from now on. His vision is permanent. Notice what else it is. We ought to praise him because his vision is persistent. Persistent. He tracks us down. Notice what he says here in verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up to heaven, well, there you are. If I make my bed in Sheol or, or in hell you have there in the authorized version, behold, you're there. He said, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, Good night. Even there shall your hand lead me, your right hand shall hold me. All right, here it is. I'm going to hide from God. If I say, surely now the darkness will cover me, why, even the night shall be light about me. In fact, the darkness hides not from you, but the night's just as bright as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. He's just persistent. And not any cover, not any, any, nothing is going to fall on you that's going to make it impossible for God to see you, and there's no place you're going to go where God is not looking persistently. It's you've got to praise God. His vision is permanent. His vision is persistent. By the way, notice he says, your vision is penetrating. I want to praise you because it's penetrating. He doesn't just look at me. He looks in me. Oh, boy. That's enough to make you stop and think for a minute. He's looking right down in me. You possessed my reins. Actually, he's talking about his inward parts. You've covered me in my mother's womb. You know that word covering actually refers to a protective covering, just like a, a house is a protection for a, a child or a yard or a baby bed. You know, he's saying here, the mother's womb is the place of protection for that first nine months. You've covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, this is one of the greatest statements 
to contradict all the abortionists that you could ever have in the Scripture. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. My soul knows it right well. My substance was not made from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought. He's talking about here about like weaving, curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. You know what he's saying? He's saying, you saw me even when I was just a bunch of little unseeable atoms in the dirt. You, you had this peg, all right? That's part of Tom Elephant. That atom's going to be part of Tom Elephant. This atom one of these days is going to end up somebody who's going to be a part of Tom Elephant. He says, you saw me when my substance was hit in the lowest parts of the earth, as a matter of fact, your eyes saw my substance when it wasn't complete. And in your book, he said, you got a book up there in heaven. All my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there were none of them. We ought to praise God because his gaze is penetrating. Penetrating. I mean, he saw you when you were just starting. You see, he sees right down inside you. And he says we ought to praise God because his vision is precious. Notice what he says in verse 17, how precious also are your thoughts unto me, you know, God. How great is the sum of them? He says, you know, if, if you're seeing me and you're conscious of that, that means you're thinking about me. You know, I've known of some people who could look right at you and not think about you. Have you ever seen anybody like that? You know, they're just staring right at you and you're talking to them and you say, this person is not hearing what I'm saying. Some of you all are like that here tonight. You know, I mean, just, just, you can look at, at somebody without hearing somebody. But he says, to see me means you're thinking about me. How precious also are your thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. In fact, here he said, you know, you think probably that God has just had two or three thoughts about you. He said, okay, I'm going to give one minute to Tom or Joe or Bill or, or Sam or, or to Jeannie or to Sarah or to whoever. I'm going to give one minute of all the span of time to them. I'm going to think them up and I'm going to pattern out their life. I'm going to get that all. He says, let me tell you something. If I should count the thoughts of God, they are more in number than the sand. Not just God's thoughts. God's thoughts about me. When I wake, I'm still with you. Why, well, he says, it's precious. It's precious. And then notice he says it's protective. Surely you will slay the wicked, O God. Now, I want you to notice what he does here. He takes on evil men. You know why he takes on evil men? Because he knows God's going to handle them. Uh, there was a time when somebody came to me and they said, Preacher, and uh, he said, You know, there's a, there's a guy, you know what he said about you? And then he quoted something that was just vile. I mean, it was nasty. It's just nasty, dirty. It was, it was vitriolic, venomous. He said, don't, you know, don't you think you ought to go talk to that man? I said, no. I said, no, because, uh, you see, God will handle that. You see, I, he doesn't think I heard it, but, but God saw him do it, and he heard what he said, and uh, he'll handle that. But now notice what David says. He says, now, since I know God's going to handle that, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little starch in my britches, a little iron in my backbone. And so over the years, I sat back and watched. And you know what? There came a time when I got to minister to that man because God did see that, and he knew what that man needed, you see. He knew precisely what it was that was needed at that moment. Now, here is what David is saying. He's saying, now, I know God's going to take care of the wicked. 
And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to tackle them knowing that God is with me. Depart from me, bloody men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate you? And am I, I greed with those that rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. He says, just right. I count them my enemies. So he says it's protective. We ought to praise God for his vision. Permanent, persistent, penetrating, precious, protective. But what should be the content of your prayer? What do you say when you start praising God? Because of the way he's looking at you. Two things the psalmist asks. Number one, he says, search me. Listen to it. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Now, you know what he's saying? He's not saying, okay, okay, okay. Since you see everything anyway, I guess I begrudge. Okay, go ahead, search me. You're going to do it anyway? Search me. If you could read this in its original intent, you would see an eagerness in David's heart. He's inviting it. He's saying, come on, test me. Try me. Um, every once in a while, when one of my children has really studied up, now this is remarkable, I mean, this would be amazing, but I mean really studied up for a test, and they know they got it whipped. I mean, they know it backwards and forwards, sideways, they got all the answers. Now, they don't, re they don't do, often do this, but uh, every once in a while, when one of them has really got it, you know, they got it, it's all, they got it down. They'll do something that they don't normally do. They'll walk in, you know, and uh, they'll say, Daddy, ask me any question on that sheet. So do I have to? Yeah, ask me any question on that sheet. Do I have to even be in order? Just ask me any question about anything on that sheet. And so I'll start asking. No, I know the answer. They start giving me all the answers. Sometimes they come in a little bit and say, I think I've got it. Would you ask me these questions to see if I do? I want to be tested because I'm going to have meet the big test one of these days. You know what David is saying? He's saying, me, me, me. God, search my heart. I want to, I want to do right. I want to, I want to make the test. I want to get 100 on it. Search me, try me, see if there's any wicked way in me. I want to be so right with you that I am willing for you to look at everything in my life. Search me. And then he says, shepherd me and lead me in the way everlasting. Just keep on leading me along so that my life will be a testimony to the God who sees, L Ro E. Could you take a few moments with me right now to just praise God because his vision is permanent, it is persistent, it is penetrating, it's precious, it's protective. And then could you ask, dear God, search me, please, search me, show me any area of my life where I am not a testimony and praise to you. Try me. Know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. And shepherd me. Lead me in the way everlasting. You may not be able to get on your knees, but if you can, would you just slip to your knees right there in the pew, turn around, make a little chapel. Praise singers are going to be helping us to sing a chorus here in these few moments. And would you just say, Lord, 
I want to praise you, first of all, because your view of me is permanent. It started before time, and it ends never. <laughs> you have a permanent view of me. And praise him because his view is persistent. Say, Lord, I want to thank you that you never have taken your eyes off me. You've tracked me down. When I didn't think anybody else was looking or listening, you tracked me down. Would you praise him because his view is penetrating? Lord, I want to praise you because I know that I can't hide anything from you. You're looking right down in my heart. And would you praise him because his view of you is precious. Why, he's got more thoughts about you than the grains of sand on every seashore in the world. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. And would you thank him that his view of you is protective? You say, well, there have been some things that have happened to me that didn't seem very nice. Oh, but friend, God will handle that. He's protecting you. You say, but uh, I know of somebody, maybe he didn't protect. Somebody loved him and maybe they're sick and died or something happened to them, they died. How's that protecting? Well, we don't know what would have happened, do we? That's pure speculation. We can't figure all that. But I'll tell you this, God's thoughts toward that person were protective as a child of his. And would you ask with this eagerness, God, search me, know my heart, try me, know my ways, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You know that little chorus, that verse, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to him I freely give. Just a few moments after I pray, we're going to stand. The counselors will be here at this altar. They're people who need to be saved. You know, some of you say, Dear God, as you look in my heart, I know one thing that you see. You see, I'm a lost sinner. I'm on my way to hell. I have never settled that issue. And here we are headed toward the Easter season, the resurrection, and the living Lord is not alive in my heart. I don't know I'd go to heaven if I died, but I sure want to settle that. Well, when we stand in a few moments and sing these words, this is your invitation. Find one of these counselors here at the front. And say something this simple. I just want to be saved tonight. See, Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins because you, like everybody else that ever lived, are a sinner. All of us have sinned, come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life. He died. He rose again. He's alive today to give you life. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. Sup with him. He with me. Will you open the door and say yes to Jesus tonight? Now, some of you need to join this church tonight as families or as individuals. Some of you need to openly confess Christ through baptism in the near future. Some of you need to come to this altar and say, Dear God, I forgot that you were looking and listening to everything. And I thought I was sort of doing right. I'm out here saying things and slandering and cutting up and ripping. And mostly my life's just been one negative blotch on other people. I hadn't built anybody up. I've torn a lot of people down. And Lord, you saw every 
bit of it. And I'm so ashamed, I need to repent of it. You've seen where I've gone. You've seen what I've watched. You've seen what I've looked at. You've seen what I've read. You've looked right down in me with your penetrating gaze. You've tried me and you have found that there are some wicked ways in me and I come for cleansing to this altar, dear God. And I come to praise you as El Roe, the God who sees. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let's stand quietly. Heavenly Father, how I pray that your Holy Spirit moving across this auditorium, searching our hearts, trying our ways, seeing if there be wicked ways in us would find us out. Bring to this altar each person to say yes to you tonight, a family, a couple, an individual, to praise you and say, I have come to worship and to surrender to the God who sees, El Roe, the God who sees. Let's sing with the praise singers. You come on down this aisle, will you? I want to say yes to Jesus tonight.